Have you seen the new DMX documentary, Don't Try to Understand? It's a documentary about the late, great DMX. It's very interesting. Sometimes I'm funny with these types of uh, movies and documentaries, especially if it's people that I've kind of followed for a long time or grew up with and things like that. It just hits me differently. And sometimes it's hard to, to view once they're gone. Uh, same thing with like Tupac that are, or Biggie and, you know, Michael Jackson, folks like that. This was a was an unexpected documentary in a way, because sometimes when people pass, they have like stuff that they just kind of patch together, they just throw together, and it's not really put together well. Footage you already seen before, interviews you already seen before, they're trying to chop it up into pieces to make it into something cohesive, to, to do like a narrative thing or whatnot, and then you always kind of question because the person's no longer here. You know, what's the intent of the movie? And so this one starts off with pretty much covering the last year up until his passing, which is very interesting. It starts off with him getting picked up from Camarillo's prison or jail. And um, everybody's glad to see him. His manager, a couple family members, management team, folks like that. And they're just kind of giving hugs and stuff. And he's glad to see everybody. And while I'm in the car, first thing he started talking about, it's like, hey, you know, getting his schedule ready for up and coming things like new album and touring and all this other kind of stuff. And he just like got into the vehicle. And it was just so funny that when he started trying to play music for him for potential songs in the car, he was like kind of, kind of like, oh no man, don't, don't do that right now because I really just, I can't do nothing about it. I'm not in the studio. I don't want to even get riled up like that. And then next thing you know, they're cutting to a scene where he's still in the vehicle and they're playing the music and he's rapping and, and, and kind of getting hype and stuff. And it's just interesting that even though they were glad to see him and I know they wasn't trying to be messy or anything, it's like he needed a time to decompress. He just got out of a situation of being kind of locked up for a while and he needed, you know, a slow entry into things. And even though everybody's excited for him and happy to see him and all this other kind of stuff, it just kind of kicked in the gear as soon as he got out. It's just interesting to notice that. But the documentary kind of follows his journey back and pulling himself together and getting back on, I guess, pretty much the ride of, of fame and success from him signing a new deal with Def Jam, who he started off with, to go back onto that label. He got to go to, um, I guess, his parole officer or court to find out what the terms are for him as far as him can't, you know, not being able to be around certain people. It's almost this documentary is very interesting because they're kind of showing action and reaction or, or you know just like with when he got out of being locked up to starting back to all this stuff to him starting a new uh, record deal with Def Jam and they tell him talking about all the money he's gonna get and and all this other kind of stuff he signed a new deal with management and then no later than that is talking about all the money he's gonna lose because people are suing him for no reason and they're just saying just pay it and and he's kind of like, why would I pay for something that I don't even know that I did for sure? His baby mothers, he has a whole bunch of kids and they want money and all this other kind of stuff. And he's just saying, I just wanted to have fun. I just want to come back and do my thing and have fun. And it's all this other kind of stuff. And it's just so sad when something that you love is tied in with stuff that hurts you. You know, so it's this confliction with what you need to survive as far as to fulfill you. But it comes with pain. And I think a lot of artists kind of deal with that in a way. And... And so, for the most part, it focused with his, his newest child that he has, his son Exodus, and his mother, and they're just kind of traveling around. It's his fiance. And it's just very, it's, it's interesting to, to see that. He, it's, it's just like, the, he needs a break, he needs, he's not gonna get a break. 
and the world is just on him and he's just trying to hang in there and he's just trying to get some semblance of normalcy but you know what's that for him it was neat to see him with his new child which which is kind of giving him some more perspective i think kids just kind of help brighten you up as much as they are a lot to have to deal with and to um, take care of they also make you focus um can possibly help you to focus on what's important. And so it was neat to see that. It was neat to see him just, he started back up his tour stuff. So they're showing footage from old tours. And you can see the contrast from him being older, from him being younger, and then the love for people having for him. And then also with the love of people have for him and, and coming to his shows and stuff, you got the people that just chasing him down, wanting him for autographs or wanting this and wanting that. And he's just being pulled from so many different directions. And then he seemed like almost ungrateful for for wanting a moment to himself. And so that was just very interesting to see. And it was just kind of a Dana life behind the scenes. So if you saw him as like a superhero rock star, this really gives you more of an idea of what he's going through from behind the scenes, which is very telling and very interesting as well. And the cool thing about it, which I thought was interesting, and I already kind of figured, was is that the person he is behind the stage is the person he is on the stage as well. As far as like how he treats people, his personality, and things like that. Most times when you have people dealing with that kind of a profession or job or whatever, you have people that kind of got to switch up. You're a different person at home as you are at work, or if you're an artist or whatever, it's just, it changes. And for him, it's just kind of always, always him, which is interesting and refreshing to see. So at least that wasn't a thing that kind of threw him off, even though not knowing when to kind of pull back and shut things down, not acknowledging the difference between the two and not changing up, that could be dangerous too, because you can't treat the world like you treat your home. And that could be a thing. I thought it was pretty touching when when he went back to where he's from, the Yonkers, and he came across these young MCs, and they were just kind of like in a parking lot. Because this dude goes wherever he wants to go, and people let him be him, which I think is kind of cool. Because most people can't can't move around like that. So he's going back, and these young MCs coming to him, try, you know, coming from the place he's coming from. And this young MC that he deals with kind of comes at him in a way, telling him he just needs a chance. And then DMX give him a critique of his of his rhymes, telling him like, you know, you, you've got to you put more into it. you got to speak to people. It's got to be like you're speaking to people. It was interesting because it seemed like even though he was hearing what he was saying to him, it's almost like the kid wasn't ready to, to hear it. He just wanted out of the situation. And it felt kind of interesting that, not that he wasn't connecting with the young dude, he was, but it, it just seemed like the kid was a little standoffish just because he wasn't getting... I guess an answer that he thought he wanted to get from him. And there was another young guy that was around too. And he was just told the truth. He's like, I just want out of here, you know? And Earl just really connected to that kid, you know? Really just kind of held him close and just told him, like the guy, the kid was just, you know, falling apart, kind of crying. And he just embraced him and just like, like let him know it's okay to cry, you know? Just let it out, let it out, you know? Like I acknowledge your pain. And I thought that was beautiful to see. And, and it just really just showed how that was a difference, different from the encounter he had with the other young MC um, that he had just had. And it's just, it was just interesting. But this movie showed a lot of that. It was just neat to see. I, I liked that as well. I liked him. They um, also talked about things like he was getting ready for um, a photo shoot for GQ. So he just pretty much tying everything 
together for his comeback. So he got the album coming, he got the stories coming out, he got the GQ cover, just kind of getting things back rolling. I remember during his time too, he just had his verses with Snoop Dogg. And it was just really neat to see that, you know, he's in the beginning stages of pulling himself together and he's excited about what it was, you know, to be back and to be doing a new album and things like that. And so it was neat to see his behind the scenes footage. And I, I could have swore I remember hearing that Swiss Beats was um, working on a documentary or a documentary was being done or they were filming or something while, while he was... Um, doing his comeback so I think this is what he was referring to so it's kind of neat to see it and like I said like other ones like this even though they have flashbacks and different things like that could he also talk about you know his first son Xavier and how all the stuff he went through growing up with him as a father and what it meant to him and when they was on Iana Fix My Life and you know just kind of his side of the story so it's neat to see like his young son that's a few years old as opposed to his firstborn son and their relationships and things like that. So this documentary is just very interesting with showing the both sides of things. It's just very interesting. But yeah, like, like I said, so this documentary felt differently. It felt, it didn't feel rushed. It felt like it had a narrative and it was pulled together. So it was kind of neat that it, it had focus and a direction. Because like I said, most of the time we see stuff like this, it's all over the place. They're just trying to patch together whatever could be patched together to get through the documentary. Like I said, you have him going to like his hometown barbershop, going to a liquor store, going to see foes, giving hugs and stuff. Everybody happy to see him back. And like his energy that he had when he first started doing touring and stuff. And then when he, you know, came back and he was pulling stuff together again and just, the, you know, the contrast between the two. But he still had the same kind of fight and hunger. And he still started off with a prayer and ended with a prayer and how he connected people. And he also had people like this guy that was in prison and was listening to his music, and he's like, "Guy saved my life." He's like, "Man, I'm 52, and this dude, this this dude was a prophet. He's, you know, just all the people he touched, and it wasn't like people were asking, you know, what did he do for you or what whatever. It was none of that. It was kind of like, who's this for? Oh, this is for DMX. DMX. Da 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 da. So it was one of those kind of things where where unsolicited people just had love for that man. And he had love for them too, but it was just like I think it was just a lot being taken from him, and and I don't, and I don't think it was all to be messy, but that's what kind of comes with with that position. And then it got towards the end where he was disappearing and people were looking for him, and he's supposed to have this final interview for the movie documentary that they're supposed to be doing, and he had disappeared and stuff. And I'm thinking like, oh man, this, this, here we go. We got we got to end it like this, and they come come to find out, he had put himself into a local rehab spot. So I think he had got back on drugs since he's back home after touring and stuff. And so you get to hear like the voicemail calls between people trying to figure out what happened to him. But he had found they found out that he had checked himself in. He was stressing about everything going down and stuff, and and he had just had to regroup. So I was just I was so glad. I didn't want to end like that. I. I um, I didn't want it to end like that. And and so after that scare, it was neat to see him again and emerge from it again. Because it was like having everybody saying that they were praying for him and hoping he's better. And it was just neat to see the community and, and what he meant to the community. And then towards the end, he had like a reconciliation with his ex, which was his first wife. And they've been knowing each other you know, together since they were like 18. 
and it was it was cool to see that and she brought the kids and her older older son who spoke about him earlier um to have them kind of finally get back together to kind of i guess re reunite in a way and he get a chance to see his new little stepbrother it, it was just interesting but they really had a moment him and his dad and it was just like the whole time you know you just pretend to be not pretending but you just everybody's on their best foot so nobody's really speaking but it's kind of like nice but not really saying anything kind of communication and towards the end when it's time for him to leave they're kind of sitting there and and, and um it was it was hard for me to, to watch that but he was pretty much saying he was proud that his son turned out okay Considering all the all the things he's been through and all and all the ways it could have went, that his son turned out to be the good man that he was, and that just broke his son down, and it broke me down too in a way. Um, like I said, just just the way they were looking at each other and trying to get the words out, I I can even look at it. It was almost too personal to um, for me to even look at. Um, but it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And um, and so they had that moment. It was good that he got a chance to work it out with his his his, uh, his oldest son and his, and his kids. He he has a few kids by his first wife, but um, it was cool that he that part of his family that he got a chance to reconcile in a way. You know, at least got to a part of, uh, a place of um, I let you know what I felt and understanding in a way. No guarantee that it changes anything, but. But you had had it out, you know, and it, it kind of ended on him with the family, and they're they're having like a little get together or whatever. For it was like a, maybe a Halloween party or something that they were there together, and they were just listening to old music and singing, and it just it was just interesting. And they were just together, like a family. And he was saying this was all about about family and connection and things like that, which was beautiful. And they were singing, um, I think it was Glass Night version, I think, of uh, The Way We Were, if I remember correctly. And it just shows, like, Earl just singing it. And he's known for knowing these old school songs and, and loving R&B and things like that. And so he's just singing, singing the song, you know, missing, missing all the notes, but it didn't matter. He just putting his soul into it, just singing it the way we were. And it was just so beautiful. And it ended with that. And I thought that was a brilliant way to end this movie. On a good note, how it's ironic the um, the lyrics match to his life in a way. Um, it was his truth in the moment and in his life. So I thought it was just very powerful that it ended like that. Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this. It was hard to watch at times. It was fun. It was interesting. It was informative. It was a lot of things. So um, if you want to just kind of know more about what was going on with DMX, especially that last year of his life, and just kind of like just the, the circus that is his life, this is a, a cool watch to see. And if you're a DMX fan, then yeah, you check this thing out. Um, it's on HBO called DMX, Don't Try to Understand, which is really an appropriate title. But with the title, this documentary does give you some understanding. Don't try to understand them, but this documentary does give you some understanding of, of who DMX was. I hope he found peace. I hope he found peace. He was trying hard here to find it, but I don't think it was anything here that could quite give him what he needed. 
even though he was trying. But uh, yeah, so rest in peace, 1970 to 2021. All right, till next time, peace.